You are listening to another Always Moto production. The Emergency Department Podcast. This show may contain information about professional athletes' injuries. It may be descriptive and be unsettling to listeners. The information discussed may at the time of the recording be incomplete and be based on opinion rather than fact. That opinion is and should always be viewed as an opinion only. In short, possible offensive language, injury-based content, not always accurate. If you don't like it, turn it off. Alright, listen up everybody, let's get this riders meeting underway. As you all know, motorcycle racing is dangerous. Riders entering this event do so at their own risk. I'd like to remind you that he is not a doctor. Hey, this is Addison Emery. I'm riding for the Somnium Race Team. And this is the Always Moto Podcast. That's right, Moto fans. I am not a doctor. I am a physio. And this is the Emergency Department Podcast. I'm David Hogan, your host, the physio from Australia, uh, giving you the insight information on all the rider injuries in the AMA Supercross uh, that's currently going on over there in the US and currently on its California swing. This week's round is heading to San Diego, uh, and there will be a few riders going in with a few bumps and bruises. There will be a few riders that probably don't get there at all. There will possibly be a few that won't be allowed in because they've got COVID. It's been the um, big story in the first few rounds with all these guys going out, uh, getting positive COVID tests uh, and not being able to race that round. Uh, Last week was Justin Brayton was the big name, uh, and also Mitchell Mitchell Oldenburg uh, had his family get uh, positive tests as well, so he wasn't able to go as well. He had to stay home and look after the family. So it's been a bit of an interesting uh, two rounds for the season so far. Uh, We're going to run through a couple of little things that I wanted to talk about um, outside of just who's injured and who's coming back for this week. Uh, and we're going to touch on those things first off here. Just some opinion-based stuff I'm going to cover off here. Um, everyone seems to have an opinion, They're like assholes. Everyone's got one. Not always a good one, but but uh, we thought we'd uh, just run through. There's been some obviously some talk about uh, Adam Cincerulo and how he's riding through that AC joint injury, which is a, otherwise known as a separated shoulder. Now everyone's noticed the first two rounds. He's been pretty good, really, uh, at least in the first half of the race uh he's been getting good starts he's been running reasonable pace but then he is dropping off massively into the back of the pack uh, i think he got uh 12th this week uh which was not uh at oakland not very good result in the end considering he was running i think he was almost hole shotting and then almost he was running third for quite a period of time there and, and honestly looked like he was um, comfortable there for quite a period of time it wasn't until I think I noticed it was about the 10-11 minute mark to go on the clock that he started moving his way back and when he did he went backwards in a big hurry. There was a lot of guys that went past him really quickly. Now look, obvious, the obvious reasons here is that his fitness uh, post-injury just isn't quite where it should be um, that's dropping that off. But I wouldn't say that's the fitness aspect because 
these guys are always fit, right? They're always exercising in some form, particularly if they've got, even with injuries, particularly if it's an upper limb injury, as in your arm, um, you're always, they're always still sitting on a stationary cycle. So in terms of that general classification of being fit, if you took their heart rate, um, you know, and put them through a, little, a walking stress test like you, we do for general clinical assessments um, at times, they'd be fine. Their, their fitness would be off the charts, but their bike fitness is gone. Um, and maybe even then, maybe not so much their bike fitness because in, he only had sort of two to three weeks off from the reports that I've, I've been able to see. That's not that big of a deal. Once you, It's sort of more of that four-week mark and longer that you start losing a heap more of that fitness. So I doubt that that's really the issue here. I think the issue is purely just the stability specific to his shoulder and that shoulder girdle being the, the collarbone, the scapula, and the upper arm bone, and how it's supported and how he's able to continue to produce push-pull force uh, when he's uh, engaged and holding on to the, the handlebar there. And obviously, as the tracks get rougher, that probably gets harder for him to do. So it's not necessarily a fitness in that general word of fitness that's the problem. It's just that his stability specific to that area can't be maintained at this stage. And, and look, some of that, some of that will be um, tape fatigue, right so not all of you will realize this but you can tape an injury right and and hold it in place and that tape feels tight as buggery when you first put it on and particularly this particular injury of an ac joint sprain uh where the, the collarbone sort of sticks up on its end it's actually a fantastic injury to tape and tape into place it goes in it goes back into place really nicely the tape is really well supported it's got a big flat surface as in your pec and your shoulder blade for it to wrap over and stick to so it doesn't really create any issue with you know irregular surface for the tape adhesion to stick to what does happen to the tape but is that once it's been on for sort of you know 10 minutes or so it starts to, to, to settle. And, and when we say settle, it's getting the body heat temperature from you into the tape, which is basically lo loosening up the tape. Then every movement you do, it's also loosening up that tape. Now, think about this for a second, right? He's probably had the tape put on at least somewhere between half an hour um, before that main event. So probably he's probably come in straight off after after the heat race hopefully he, like he, so far he hasn't had to go to lcq so he's had that uh, that heat race he'll probably have a quick rinse get it reapplied and then he's basically going back into a warm-up process now whether he's only doing a warm-up on a cycle bike some of the guys warm up on a um, concept rower if he's doing it on the rower there's obviously some arm movements and some body heat that's being generated if he's just doing it on the stationary cycle it's just the body heat aspect but even in saying that even just with just doing the cycle bike he's still going to move his arm around to some degree while he's putting his gear on putting his helmet on you got to lift your arm up above your shoulder to put your helmet on so all those things are going to start to loosen the tape up a little bit so it's not going to be fantastic straight away then once you're in race and you're really forcing it through that movement you're starting to sweat so your skin is trying to actually push the tape off you from the sweat coming out between it and between the skin and the and the, and the tape all of these things are going to make that tape a little less useful. So there is a chance that 
one coupled with that uh, you know, area-specific fatigue that we're talking about, that the stability just can't be controlled, and then the tape becoming less and less useful, and his fitness just being a tick off, all of those things are factoring into what's going on for him in terms of that fade at the end of the race. So all that being said, when does this get better for AC? I've been saying in my, some of my uh, Full Noise articles, it's the, basically the shorter version of these podcasts where I don't get a chance to explain everything like I am currently. I've been saying in there that about that end of, uh, end of um, East Co- uh, West Coast rounds where they start the East Coast, so that end of January, beginning of February mark, is where I expect to see a decent change in his results. I would expect that by the fourth, so what, this round's round three, by round five, <coughs> excuse me, round five, you're going to see him about fifth place, maybe a little better, maybe just a touch worse, he might be sixth, something like that, he's going to be around that top five, but come that midweek point, uh, mid-month point of February where the East Coast rounds kick in, I'm predicting he's on the podium at that point. He will be perfectly fine by that point. He will still be using tape just as a safety net, but it won't necessarily be a requirement to get him out and going, where it was probably for Anaheim 1. So I would expect by February, beginning of February, top five, beginning of the East Coast rounds, which is sort of two weeks later, I'm expecting me on the podium. And once he's on that podium point, don't be surprised if you start seeing him figure out how these rounds go. Now, obviously with Adam Cincerula, his history is not great in terms of injuries. He, there is always the chance that he falls off between now and then and stuffs that whole plan up that I've been talking about. But if everything goes as it currently is going and there's no other inputs into this equation, that's what I predict. So that will be an interesting one to see if that plays out as I suspect it may. All right, so that's Adam Cincerulo. The other one that I wanted to talk about that's not necessarily an injury and doesn't have any injuries currently, which is a little bit different for, for me at this point in time, is Christian Craig. Christian Craig has been pretty much unstoppable in that 250 West Coast Championship so far. Two runaway wins um, looked pretty much flawless. Now, what you might wonder why I'm bringing him up on this particular podcast where we talk about injuries. Christian's history is terrible in terms of um, making it through a whole season without an injury or at least an impact of an injury on his overall championship result. Last year being prime example, he was in the championship hunt with Colt Nichols and he managed to, with uh, the beginning of the second last round, break his leg. It's not ideal, but that's what happened and it's happened to him previously before many times. I have a little theory on this, and hear me out. It, it might—it's not necessarily a physical thing. You would think that he's just maybe you know made a glass and easily broken. Um, that's not necessarily the case. I, d- I don't think anyone particularly is you know that sort of softer softer mechanism. It's just obviously they've fallen off hard, and that's what's caused the issue. Um, for me, I think this is a bit of a mental game for Christian. Uh, Christian, whenever he's pressured. I feel like that's when he starts to make results, uh, make mistakes th- that affect his results. For for Christian, you'll notice that when things are going well, they're going super well, and he obviously rides flawlessly. Everyone talks about his te- perfect technique and how he makes things look simple, but yet he still crashes and he gets injured so often. So if his perf- technique is so perfect, why does he crash? 
And I think that's when he's actually pressured and there's somebody on his on his tail putting him putting him down or there's somebody pulling away from him that he tries to go that one step further and doesn't be patient or he can't control his um, his emotions. I, I, I don't know for sure, but this is just a, a theory. But I, I, there's something that changes in him that then makes him go out of his normal perfect technique and makes him eat eat it pretty hard um hence you know broken broken uh leg last year he's broken his back before that's when he had that long period where he actually retired before he came back there's been lots of those little issues for him um so it'll be interesting to see when he does if somebody else does get a start and does pressure him how does this go this year has he learned has he improved Will he keep it together and, and, you know, ride out a second or a third place and, and take it on to the next week? Or will he, you know, fall apart mentally and have a big one and, and throw away another chance at a title? I, I hope that's not the case, but, you know, they, they say history repeats. Um, hopefully it doesn't in this case, and hopefully he's learnt from that uh, those experiences he's had previously. He is pretty much... Short of Hunter Lawrence, um, Christian's the only one I can really see winning this championship so long as he stays healthy. All right, and the other thing I wanted to quickly touch on uh, is Jalik Swole. Obviously, Jalik had that big uh, crash in this heat race at Anaheim 1. He's been out with a concussion, and their team uh, didn't try and force him back last week. There is an AMA concussion protocol that's got to be followed um, and prevents riders from coming back to races any sooner than a five-day gap from when they had the concussion recorded. So in theory, he could have raced last week if he was able to pass those uh, protocol tests, which include things like a physical assessment with the Asterix medical crew, also an online um, concussion uh, test that's a basically a problem-solving uh, video game and it's it's all timed and error rated responses so if he was able to do that last week um, he would be would have been cleared and able to go but the team I think they've just taken a bit longer approach because he's so young to give him the chance to recover properly which is a great idea but whether he, he is slated to race this weekend that will be still dependent on him passing that uh, those tests when he gets to the track uh, for his first day of racing uh, and if he does, then he's all good. But the thing, there is still risk, obviously, with that, that if he takes another knock um, fairly, like this weekend, say, uh, it's fairly close to when the first one happened. There is then potentially at a longer extended period that he'll be out for afterwards to let the symptoms completely go away because it'll be more difficult being so close with the two knocks. So let's hope for his sake that that was, you know, the one and only thing he's got going on this year and everything goes smoothly from here. But I dare say he's going to be... He should be f- good to race, but I'd say his confidence might be knocked a little bit off just for the fact that he had this head knock and he's probably just a little bit, you know, gun shy, as they say, for, for um, this round that's going to be coming up here at San Diego. A little bit different, guys. Um, we're going to move on. I've got a little bit of talk just quickly. I'm going to touch on the uh, Pulpamex Fantasy League that we've got going under the uh, heading of Always Moto. Uh, A few of you guys have jumped in and joined. That's awesome. Thank you for doing that. We've been lucky enough to have Goat Brand MX um, come on to um, supply the winner of the Supercross series, uh, a pair of knee brace socks. Um, They'll be able to pick the size, the color, um, 
the guys at Goat Brand have mentioned that they will possibly have a new uh, color range at that point. So you might be able to pick from their brand new range, which would be sweet. Their, their designs are intense as it is. So that's, uh, you know, they're, they're pretty wicked looking socks. So look, that's awesome that they've been able to do that and come on. We're going to be promoting them each week um, with the posts and with um, some little chat here on the podcast. Um, so that's uh, so that's really cool news. So in terms of joining the league, because of that, um, you know, Goat Brand coming on with the prize, we've extended when people can join into our league until the start of the East Coast rounds, which is, I think it's uh, about the 19th of February. I have to double check that one. But uh, you can join all the way up until then. The password to join our league is just injury, all lowercase. Uh, so feel free to get in there. If you want to get the chance to win the socks and uh, as in the league score, you have to follow both Always Moto and uh, Goat Brand MX on Instagram. To get a second prize, we're also running uh, a little comp to see how many people can actually share the, the post to get as many people as we can into this comp. So if you can share the post to your mates, tag them in it, um, as many as you can in the post and then if uh, whoever gets the most of those people joining the comp and liking those few pages we've got an always moto t-shirt up for grabs as well for that person so at this stage we've had a little increase for a couple of people um, a couple of tags um, nothing out of the ordinary yet so guys get out there tag your mates tag your riding buddies get them into the league uh, and you can have a chance to win the t-shirt and if you do any good at the fantasy you can have a chance to win the nebro socks from goat brand um fantasy isn't easy to do it's a bit of a, a pain in the ass of a game sometimes but it is a lot of fun and there is a, lot, a bit of shit talk that goes on in the back scenes uh this few of the boys in the in the in the league have been messaging uh in the backgrounds of, of instagram you know t talking up their teams and and shit talking their teams after the fact of the results that have been placed so look it's a bit of fun uh it's a great way for us to all engage a little bit further uh, and I'm getting to talk to a few of the, the guys and girls that are following us and, and listening to the podcast and those sorts of things, which is awesome as well. So keep it up, guys. I, I, I quite enjoy it. It was also nice this week when I posted up my uh, early predicted team. I tagged in the riders and uh, it was awesome to have Devin, ha Devin Harriman um, from the 250s. Uh, he was tagged and he then started up a conversation with myself from that tag about how we would do and, and whether we would qualify. And then a few of the other guys had jumped in as well and he kept, uh, kept engaging with us. So look, we'll try and do that sort of thing each week. So when you, put, when you pick your team before the round, um, make sure you tag Always Moto and Goat Brand and tag each of the riders and then we can, we can try and get some engagement there because I've been in touch with a lot of these guys over the last few years while I've been doing these injury reports and they're starting to recognize myself uh, as someone that's, uh, able, that they're able to talk to about their injuries and get some good content going. And so they're starting to engage with lots of our different posts. So it would be cool for you guys to have those guys responding to you as well. Uh, it's a nice little, you know, kick, <laughs> kick in the right direction um, when they respond to you and you've tagged them. It's, it's kind of a good feeling. So look, keep that up, guys. Um, just remember the lockouts is just before the racing starts on each Saturday. Get your teams in early, make a pick, and then if you are able to watch the qualifying live and stuff, you can adjust things as you go before the lockout time there. For this week, um, I've got some early picks. I've picked the All-Stars of Hunter Lawrence for 250 and Ken Roxon for 450. 
like I said, Devin Harriman in the 250s. I put down Cole Thompson. I'm not sure on that one. Um, Dylan Swartz, also not sure on that one, but I was looking at the handicaps and their previous fi- their finishes so far. We'll see how that works out. Uh, then I've also got Shane McElrath, Max Anstey, and Justin Bogle in the 450. So we'll see how that goes. I'm not a first of the finish line um, type of picker unless I'm, it's an obvious one, which usually is only in the outdoors when it was Justin Cooper last year. But uh, not not necessarily doing that one. But I don't like to lose the 15 points when I get it wrong. So look, um, that's where we're at so far. Um, it's a bit of fun, like I said. But the league so far, um, we've got a few players in here. Um, 22 players are, have joined in and Pop275 is uh, currently kicking all our asses so we'll have to uh, chase him down and see if anybody can get close uh, to his his score so far uh, if you notice too we've got a couple of um, people that are, are worth noting in, in the um, one we've, is um, obviously the, the owner of Goat Brand Nath is uh, Get to the Chopper uh, that's his username which is awesome I was laughing when I saw that one before I realised who it was uh, and then if you also notice there's a big uh big black and white logo with a three on it and that's uh it's got clinton ic that's actually clinton as in three laps down uh on instagram he's actually in the backgrounds of the broadcast team for the nbc guys doing the stats um i've been in touch with clinton a few times now uh good guy Uh, but he's in our league as well so that's pretty cool so yeah, bit of fantasy talk there. Hope you guys appreciate that as well. Um, just something different. We're going to drop in a few minutes of that each podcast uh, as we go each week to week here. So moving on to the main ju- uh, main chunk of uh, this week's news. There is one news, one that I know of, and a few of you guys have messaged me, um, but there hasn't been any official word. I've been waiting on the uh, press release direct from the team because I actually have this team as a contact uh, and they're usually pretty good with this stuff. So as soon as I have that, I'll put it out, but I can't tell you guys at this stage who it is. Um, Maybe by the time I go to post this up, that will change. There might be a thing at the end that I drop in, but at this stage, I can't tell you that one. There has also been some other injuries this week and then we'll give you the ones that are from, uh, from the Oakland round. So during this week, we've had some notifications that Jess Pettis uh, went down uh, at State Fair, I believe it was, which is just one of the local uh, Californian tracks in SoCal. Uh, been there, pretty nice. It's in the middle of a suburb. It's really bizarre that you're right next to a line of houses uh, and you're on a racetrack. But anyway, he apparently went down. Um, there's a bit of conflict as to what the actual injury is, and I haven't got any confirmation yet from the team, but there is pretty good word that he has injured. Um, so it's un- unclear as to whether he's going to be able to start the East Coast series as expected. Uh, he might be a little bit delayed. I'll give you more info as I know that one. That might be next week. Uh, Van Martin, privateer on a Yamaha 421. Um, he was injured at Oakland. He's going to be racing this weekend, which is great. He just has, as he put it, just just a tire mark up his back. So he's obviously been run over at some point. He said he's quite sore, um, but he's going to be racing this weekend. So good news for him. Jesse Flock, 167 from the Rock River Yamaha team. Um, I got their press release from their team this week and I noticed that he uh, did the the uh, day qualifiers but didn't do any of the night show. And checked in with Jesse. He had a crash in one of the qualifying sessions in the whoops. Um, just was feeling a bit too sore. Didn't, didn't race the, the night show, but he's expecting the race this weekend. He sounds like he's all good. 
Chase for long, 154 AEO Hosfana. Um, I've been checking in a bit with Chase this week. Um, I've actually just had a message from him before. Um, he's awaiting some MRI scans or hopefully getting some MRI scans. He's had x-rays and uh, things aren't looking so flash for him. He's been dealing with a heel slash ankle injury um, since September 2020 that just doesn't seem to want to go away. Obviously, he keeps re-aggravating it with different things he's probably doing on the bike or not doing. And yeah, it's not been a great situation and he's re aggravated that at Oakland uh, he's been in a um, uh, like a non-weight bearing situation I think he's been in like one of those little gopher um, scooter things this week I think I saw him in the uh, on his one of his Instagram stories rolling around the uh, shopping center chasing people which is pretty funny but um, yeah look he's obviously waiting on some further doctor news so he's not going to be at San Diego depending on what's going on there the heel is not a great area for recovery quickly it gets poor blood flow and look it just it's a pain in the ass really it doesn't do what it's supposed to do quickly because every time you put your foot down to to take a step it's the first point of impact so it generally is a slow one to get back to where it should be so he might be out for quite a period of time depending on what depending on what the doctors say when they do get back to him but chase has been really good um, contacting me uh, and so i hope to hear from him fairly soon um, that we can give you an update on what's actually gone on for him Hunter Slosher, 79 on the privateer Yamaha, uh, also had a crash at Oakland, was generally sore. Um, just, I think he was a, just a DNF um, for the main event, but he is racing this weekend in San Diego also. Um, I was in touch with him too. He was pretty good about giving us some info. Cade Clayson spoke to him. Um, so he's number 78 on the SGB Honda. Um, spoke to him this week as well. He had a pretty good step through the bars incident in qualifying. It's landed heavily on his, like slapped his feet down, which has jarred his knee. He's had, by the sounds of it, an ongoing knee issue. He didn't want to give away too many details in case the wrong people found out um, as to what that original injury is, which is fair. Um, but he uh, just has some swelling at this point in time and he says he's been able to manage that in the past because it's not the first time it's happened um, he's been seen doing a lot of uh, swelling management rehab based stuff this week on his instagram stories um, and he's hoping to be able to race this weekend i dare say he'll race i'm not certain i'd be putting him on my um, fantasy team this week um, just given that he's probably a bit stiff and sore in that area Mason Kerr, 597 on a privateer Kawasaki. Uh, he also crashed at Oakland. He spoke with us this week. He bruised his ribs, a couple of ribs pretty bad, uh, and he's got a contusion on his shoulder. Now, a contusion is basically just a bruise but has a blood fluid, uh, you know, bit a bit more blood pooling in it uh, than just your average bruise that you would get from running into the end of a desk or something like that as you're walking past. Now, um, when we spoke to Mason, he, that was the first bits he said. And I said, oh, so you race in San Diego then? And he goes, no, I can't. He's actually on concussion protocol as well. So he must have bumped his head in that crash. And the AMA has recorded that. So he's, he's on the protocol. Like I said earlier, it's a minimum five days um, period. And he's not able to do the protocol step by step in that time period. So he's just going to take the few days, a uh, few extra days off and try to race the following one at Anaheim 2. He did say his ribs were pretty damn so there's probably a chance he said the x-rays are clear he may need to redo that or with ribs if the ribs aren't broken there's still a chance that the rib cartilage which is the material that goes between the ribs that gets um, damaged and can be rather difficult to recover from as well so 
Yeah, hopefully, hopefully nothing serious. Hopefully, it is just bruising around the ribs, and he can be fine. Uh, you know, come come Anaheim two in uh, not this week, next week. Chad Saltz three six four private KTM. I spoke to Chad. Um, he his video of his crash uh, is pretty hard hitting. Um, he literally just looks like he lawn darts himself into the ground. Uh, his arms don't quite make it out. He hits head sort of face first almost. Um, there's a decent jarring of his neck and he said he's got quite the sore neck and quite the sore left elbow because that was pretty much the next thing to hit the ground. So I dare say he's dealing with a bit of whiplash, um, but he did get x-rays, uh, nothing is broken, everything's in place. So he's told me that he's going to try and race this weekend. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, again, another one I'm probably not jumping to to put on a fantasy team anytime soon. Mitchell Falk, um, he was meant to ride the AJE Gas Gas um, bike this year, but he has come out this uh, just before just before Oakland and told us that he's got some issues with his back that he's been dealing with quite some time now. Back's a pain in the ass. Just look at Zach Osborne. He had to retire recently because of an ongoing back issue. And and for Mitchell, he's reported that he's got a bulging disc that keeps pressing on his sciatic nerve. Now, for those that don't know, that's probably between his L5 and S1 vertebrae in his lower back. Um, and that will that disc is then pushing on the sciatic nerve, which is the nerve that runs basically all the way from your lower back out through, through your back area to past your pelvis and then down the back side of your leg. It splits into multiple branches and they get called different things, but generally that main chunky bit from that top bit down uh, from the spine down into the upper, the upper thigh area, that's the sciatic nerve. It causes a lot of dramas. Lots of people have this in general uh, population. It's not just a sporting injury. Um, lots of people get it from you know bad lifting habits and all those sorts of silly things. Um, but he's been dealing with this on and off. He says it's been able to just drop him at times, which it does if you press on it too hard with a poor movement habit. Um, it's also just caused a lot of soreness and, and stiffness that he can't you know recover from quickly enough to keep training the next day and keep riding as he needs to. So he's taking some time away. He said he's going to step out from the Supercross season, I expect he's hoping to be back for motocross. But there's always a risk with these that he might need some surgery to clean up that disc so that it's no longer pressing on the nerve, uh, which may, you know can be such as things as like disc replacements, disc resections. Um, you know, they, if it's not necessarily just the disc, it might be some bone spurring, and they have to clean up the bone around there so that the, they, there's a little hole outside of the vertebrae where the nerve runs through, and sometimes they have to open that hole up. So there's more space around the nerve as well so that it can all sort of float through there a bit easier and nothing gets caught. So look, there's a chance that he has to do that if things don't improve for him. So there could be a bit of a rocky road here, but just with the, the conservative management approach that we talk about, um, which doesn't mean surgery, it just means doing the gym and rehab sort of exercises, that's still a long process at this point. It'd probably be a 12-week thing before he you know really gets riding and racing again. So see how he goes. Joey Savacci was some big news, number 17 on the Rocky Mountain ATV um, WPS KTM. He uh, tore his ACL in a midweek crash before uh, Oakland. Now, this is an interesting one. He, uh, t Lots of people ride without ACLs. It's not uncommon, but it is also a big injury. So it, there's a lot that goes into managing an ACL so that you can ride through it but some people just can't there's a, there's pain there's instability the things that make it so you can 
ride through this and and look everybody's different so don't try and do this at home just because i'm telling you how it can be done it doesn't work like that right everyone's different get your own scans blah 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 i'm not here to tell you medical advice i'm here to tell you what they're trying to go through um so joey the the best way that he's gone about this and he's done this so far is he he controlled the swelling straight away so he's done because when you tear the acl there's a blood vessel that runs basically with the acl and usually you tear it as well so it then causes a lot of swelling in the knee um, as soon as that acl ruptures so if you're able to control that swelling straight away the knee will function perfectly fine forwards and back it'll bend extend without the acl that's not required the acl is required for you to stop pivot and and run zigzag essentially um, so you don't necessarily need it for a moto or to cycle bike on a you know with your feet clipped in none of that is requiring an acl the acl is only going to be an issue for him on a moto if he has to stick his foot out uh, and it jars in a rut and it catches or something along those lines so if he can keep his foot on the pegs he should be fine so he's he's controlled the swelling he was able to get through this first round because it's only a couple of days after it happened which was awesome the trick for him now is to try and control that uh, knee positioning without the ACL. And the way that you've got to do that is with your hamstrings. So your hamstrings can become sort of the, the, the break that would normally be the ACL to stop the bones sliding um, excessively and creating the, the, the femur and the tibia to smash into each other and then you know catch the meniscus or chip off bone cartilage. These are all things that can happen without the ACL if you're not controlling the knee positioning. So... That's going to be his trick over the next few weeks is if he can keep the knee safe, the swelling down, not catch it in the rut, keep his foot on the peg and learn to control his knee with his hamstring, he'll be able to get through the season. If he can't do those things or it starts causing him pain or his results go to the crapper, um, he might then just go take the out and go and get surgery. But then once he takes the surgery it's well look i normally i would say it's six months but there's been cases rj hampshire example where he was back on the bike in 10 weeks that's super early but there's is examples of three to four months so if he did it he could still be back for the end you know second half of outdoors if he wanted to do it if he did it right now the longer he waits for that he might then just finish the supercross season and then miss the outdoors to get the repair done so he's ready for the supercross 2023 who knows he might not do it at all guys have ridden their whole career once they've had the acl tear without the acl getting repaired until they finished and retired so there is a few things that could go on there for him um yet that got to play out i still for him i wouldn't pick him in uh in fantasy either i'd keep watch on that for now and uh i would potentially not pick him for at least another three or four rounds just to see that he's been able to sustain the riding and the knee and not had any issues with you know dnfs or just dropping back as such kind of like the ac situation so those are all the ones that we reported on from oakland there was a fair few in that bunch um, obviously things with uh, Colt Nichols are still going on he's out for the season uh, he's been putting up images of the bone uh, the skin grafting sorry I was going to say bone grafting skin grafts that he's been going through for the burns that he experienced when he was trapped under that bike uh, hopefully Jalik Swell's back this weekend Jack Brunel 755 AJE Motorsports gas gas uh, he has a broken wrist and broken tibia they're both minor fractures and he's already been talking with us and he's showed that he's uh, got a wrist brace on and he's already tried to ride uh, so he's going to try and ride, I think, next week at Anaheim 2. It'll be interesting to see if he makes that through. That'll only be about two weeks from the injury date. Um, so that would be super fast. 
Uh, Scott Champion seems to have gone to ground, but there was reports from a few of you guys that have been messaging me that he did a dislocated shoulder, uh, so he'll be missing for a little while, it seems. Uh, Addison Emery, uh, we've been talking with him a fair bit. We're going to try and get him on this podcast shortly. Uh, he is should be back this weekend from his mouth and dental damage, uh, which should be good. Justin Cooper's put up some updates. He finally got that uh, surgery on his foot, which had obviously I think he was just trying to find the best surgeon to do that. Uh, so that Liz Frank fracture has been finally stabilized, but they did say that all of the metatarsals were displaced, which is a bad thing. So yes, his uh, time frame is probably looking likely to be that sort of five, six months like he initially said. So chance he's going to miss the start of outdoors as well. Benny Bloss is still out, leg fracture, collarbone fracture, um, potentially going to be missing all of Supercross because it was a tib fib. Uh, Austin Black, he's out, he was AEO Power Sports, KTM, he's not racing, he's injured as well. Ty Masterpool will potentially start the East Coast series of Supercross. Uh, he had a fractured wrist in, wrist in December. Cody Shock had a collarbone fracture, he's going to be on the East Coast now. Uh, Joe Crown had some decent injuries in November, um, no word on where he's up to, he has been posting some old videos of him riding but no no news on whether he's going to be able to make East Coast or not um, and then Bobby Piazza, uh, he's out for the season, he had a very complex compound wrist fracture um, and will probably be out until sometime in the outdoors as well so fair list of injuries at the moment guys but uh, look it's moto injuries happen um you know talking with chase for long um he was saying it's a brutal sport but it's what we do and it's what we love and he was quite happy to talk to me about the the injuries and get some information out there which was awesome on his part but he's obviously under the realization that this is a pretty rough sport but that's why we talk about these things to show you guys what these these riders are going through and what they're able to do um, still with these injuries and still perform at the level that they do. It's kind of kind of impressive in a lot of cases. So, look, that's a pretty comprehensive list. We'll keep it keep it there. We're starting to get up there on this uh, podcast. It's probably one of the longer ones that I've done, um, which is good. We've had some good information and some good content. We've been really engaged with some of the writers this uh, past week on on messages and, and chats, which is fantastic. I'm starting to get some good information from these guys and making new contacts, which is awesome. Um, so hopefully that continues and we can keep bringing you some inside stories and more in-depth analysis of what these guys are going through with their injuries. So thanks for listening, guys. Uh, it's it's uh, That's going to be the end of this episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. Rate it if you can in your app that you, you listen to all these things for. Share it around on Instagram and Facebook if you can for us, guys. We need to get some more listeners going for this. And hopefully we can then get some uh, some more sponsors on board so that we can keep providing some more of these uh, these shows. We're going to start running into a, <laughs> a situation where I need some dollars to uh, keep paying for some of these uh, recording spaces and, and hosting spaces as such. So it'll be uh, nice to get some sponsors on board if anyone knows anyone that'd be interested in supporting the show, please get them in touch with me. Um, follow us on Instagram and, and contact us through there. It's at, it's at always.moto um, or you can email me alwaysmoto2019 at gmail.com. Uh, but for now, be fast, be smooth, because if you're not, I'll probably be seeing you in the emergency department. <laughs>